Are you a service-based business owner looking to increase profits to fund your lifestyle? Well, this podcast is for you. We bring you inspirational guests sharing actionable tips to solve many of the struggles you face each and every day. And now, over to your host, Paul Higgins. Welcome to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you're a first-time listener, great to have you here. If you love what you hear, please subscribe. If you're a long-term listener, I'm so happy that you continue to support this podcast, but most importantly, learn things and apply them. And if you'd like to give me an example, love to hear about it. Just paul at buildlivegive.com. So today, our guest was, well, he's been an entrepreneur for over 20 plus years, and he also has an acting degree, which he mentioned partway through. And that sort of makes sense when you look at what he does now. He's put the two together and he helps people with personal stories, how you craft it, but most importantly, how you use it, in particular, webinars. And I know that for most of us at the moment, webinars become very popular given what's happening in covid Why should you specifically listen to our guests today? One is that he gives you the importance of personal stories, right, and gives you great context too, is he tells you how to structure it. And then three, he gives you the best approach to really pull out that emotional appeal. So as I said, it's really relevant for webinars, but the framework that he gives and the way that he does it is brilliant. And also he's given a great asset or it gives you a great asset at the end of it as well. So please stay tuned for that. So I'll hand you over now to Tom Jacobs from Impact Pilot. Welcome Tom Jacobs from Impact Pilot to the Build Live Give podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Paul. A long time no see. We haven't seen each other since November of last year. So I'm very excited to have you on today and a topic that is very close to my heart, but also a lot of my clients that I work with is how do you tell great stories in particular in today's day and age, how do you tell them on webinars? So Tom, let's start off. What do you know about telling personal stories that many of us miss? Well, first of all, everybody has a personal story. And what kind of my take on that is, you know, we, we can always tell stories, but a lot of times those stories that we tell are, are real snoozers. So you see the audience <laughs> nodding off halfway through because we just don't have that structure in place. And then a lot of a lot of business owners are like, what does my life have to do with my business at all? Like, why should I even share who I am? I just want to sell my stuff. And what what really is is needed, and especially now in this day and age, is that, that we need that connection with the person that we're buying from. And it doesn't matter if you're selling you know, widgets for a corporation or you're selling your consulting services. People are buying from people. And if, if you're just treating it as a transaction, well, you're probably not going to go very far. But the moment that you bring your own personality into it, you're going to attract the right people and you're going to repel the wrong people. And, it's, and, and you're going to have a lot more fun as well. Yeah. And look, you know, I work with B2B businesses that normally consulting uh, a, a consulting, they run a consulting business there, consulting business owners, right? And it's all, you know, people to people. And, and you're right. Like, I, you know, yes, sometimes I'll buy something purely off online, but, you know, that's normally a purchase less than 3000 I've done, you know, my homework, et cetera. But when you're buying services that are worth, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars, guess what? You, you need to talk to a to a person. And um, so, you know, take me through what makes 
a good personal story, like you said, one not to get people to fall asleep listening to? Yeah, well, I use a framework called the Heroes Framework. So it's, it's a traditional um, methodology that's, you know, story story and filmmakers use all the time. Um, so what that does is it gives a framework just how to structure the story. Um, but we always want to start off with a bang so that you grab the audience's attention. And, you know, a lot of people are at, a lot of people ask, well, when should I tell my story in that webinar? Yeah. And, you know, do I just start? I was like, yes, you just start with your story on the webinar. Nothing, nothing bothers me more than being on a webinar. It's supposed to start at five o'clock. It's 5.05. And the person, oh, let's just wait a few moments for somebody else. And they're just like, gabbing i'm like i was here at five o'clock start the webinar at five o'clock yeah so start off with a story and grab your audience's attention because a lot of times when you're looking at those stats the webinar attendance drops off very quickly in the first five to ten minutes and are you using slides for that tom or you know oh, to no. camera yeah it's straight to camera full frame and a, a lot of people like to hide behind the slides and they're like oh you know but, you know, with Zoom these days, you can do all the touch up, you can add a beard, a little lipstick or whatever you want to do with all the side effects, effects that they have on there. But it needs to be full frame so people get to see you and who you are. Because, again, you know, if you're just a little dot in the corner and there's a slide, I mean, it's, it's not getting really personal with them. Right. And there's no pictures and no words that would go along with the personal story for the most part anyway. Yeah, so so would you indulge us with maybe your personal story and then we can back engineer how you built that story? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So you imagine this, it's a, it's a Sunday afternoon and in Houston, Texas, super hot because it's we have two seasons, it's hotter, hotter, and uh, it's humid as well. And I'm and I'm, I run a, a fitness center. I sold it a year and a half or four years ago. I sold it, but I had it for nine and a half years. And this was about six months into owning this fitness center. And my office was in the back. And I mean, really it wasn't an office. It was more of an electrical closet because there was the transformers were behind me kind of buzzing and creating. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised I don't have a third eye growing on, on the back of my head either for all the time that I spent in there. But, you know, it's, it's that Sunday afternoon, super hot. I turned off the air conditioners just to save money. And I'm, I'm staring at my computer screens and tears just start streaming down my face. And I'm looking at my bank account. And here it's Sunday. And on Friday, rent and payroll are due. And for any entrepreneur that's out there, you've either been in this situation or you've heard of this situation or you're close to becoming in this situation. It's very difficult to run a business if you don't have a place and you don't have employees. <laughs> so it's really important to pay rent and pay payroll. And you know, with cash flows, it, it happens. And this was a particularly hard time because one, it was six months into owning the business. I was completely tapped out on all my credit lines. My credit cards were gone. I'd already asked clients to prepay for their services. 
So I was even further into debt with that. And I had to make the hardest phone call of my life. And that was to call dad for money at 40 years old. And I don't know about you, but calling a parent for money is a very humbling experience. So that's kind of how I start. Story. Great. I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking the most humbling moment I had, I wasn't aware, but uh, I called my dad and mum and I was uh, coming out of a major operation and I was still, you know, having lots of drugs and anyway, something happened, but I had a moment where I thought reality was that they were trying to kill me. So I've called my mum and dad and said, hey, I'm in hospital. They're about to kill me. Uh, Nice knowing you. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was so convinced. Like I was acting rationally in, you know, I was convinced I was doing all the right things, you know, calling my parents, calling the police, calling my wife because I thought they were going to kill me. Oh, my Uh, gosh. Yeah, after that, dad's like, please, don't ever do that again. (laughs) Don't call. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, look, so that's an amazing yeah. story. And, and you know, you had me drawn in, and I'm sure if you're watching it the same thing. So let's back engineer it. How, how yep. do you create such a compelling story like that to kick off your webinar to camera? Yeah. So the first is taking an inventory of all your stories that, that you have and finding the ones that really have the most emotional impact to you. Because like that story, I, I could use that for talking to fitness entrepreneurs. I could use it to, you know, talk to consulting people, you know, sales, um, any, any number of entrepreneurial type of formats. I can use that story and then relate it back to what I'm selling. So a lot of people worry. They're like, well, my story doesn't have anything to do with my business. That's okay. That's not the point. The point is that you learn something and you want the audience to learn something from your experience as well. And so we always go through kind of this whole process of detailing out the stories of your life and then picking the ones that have the most emotional response yeah. and then tie it into the business. That's the easy part is tying it back into the business. And that emotional response, Tom, who gauges that? Is is that the person telling it? Is it how do you gauge whether it's emotionally connecting? Yeah, so I, I take people through an exercise. It's always fun to do, especially on on like a Zoom call or something like that. And I have them write down all their stories and then take like two minutes and, and put themselves back into each story. So each little headline and just think about that time. And then I go, okay, when did your heart start beating a little bit faster? When did your palms get a little bit sweaty? When did the tears start? And I can... And sometimes I, I can see it on their face. I was like, okay, which one are you on? I'm like number three. Okay, we're doing that one. Because you can just see. Yes. Like they're going, oh. And, 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 and some people are embarrassed about some of their stories. But, you know, it's in the past. You know, we've learned from a lot of things that we've done in the past. And it's who you are today, not who you were yesterday. So yeah, it's, it's okay to use those. Yeah, and I always get a bit, because mine is, a, you know, a life-changing moment. You know, yeah. 2018, I nearly lost my life. You know, that I tell a little bit of that story before. And then, you know, I had a, a transplant from my best friend and, you know, et cetera. And, and sometimes I hear, you know, like certain podcasts and in particular in America often, you know, it's, you know, yeah, I've had this, you know, 
you know, near-death experience, et cetera. I'm thinking, you know, do people get sick of those stories? So how do you make sure that you're not just another person that it seems like you've made up a story? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 that emotion that comes through it. I mean, I, I used to work for this. I just recorded a video about this on my YouTube channel, but I, I worked for this guy um, and he'd tell the same story. And it was kind of a near life. He had cancer, stage four. And all this stuff. And the way he told it was like, yeah, I had a cold the other day. I'm like, you had stage four cancer and you're you're treating it like it was just, you know, you know, a, a, a wart on your on your skin or something. And I was like, you know, you need to put a little bit more emotion. Oh, I've said this story a hundred different times or a hundred times. And like it's getting old. And and you know, there's some techniques that actors use to make sure that the the scripting doesn't get old. And so I worked with him a little bit in terms of just like putting himself back into that situation and then and then reliving it for the audience. And it became so much richer. Yes. And so I think to to you know that was a roundabout way to get to your question, <laughs> but um it's it's all in the delivery. Great. So you've got the inventory of stories. Then, then what happens? Then we then we go through the story and we try to find that impact. What I call an impact moment. It's that do or die situation, right? In my story, it's you know it's Sunday and rent and payroll are due on Friday, and I have I'm ten thousand dollars short. Oh, you know that's you close the doors, yeah. pack it up, go get a job, or figure it out. Yes. Right. So that's that do or die moment. So we want to figure out what that is and then craft a really good opener that grabs the audience's attention. So I, a lot of times I'll just go, I'm staring at my screens and tears start coming down my face. Yes. And then, and then do a little backup. See, I'm in my office with the transformers behind me and, and, and I, sometimes I'll go back that way. Um, but for a podcast, or for a webinar, like to do a little warm up first and then hit it with the impact moment. Yeah, so, yeah, and and the yeah, pause was, you know, compelling. You know, really, when you pause at that moment, it was like, yeah, okay, I, I I can remember my moment when it was like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very and relatable. Yeah, and that's that's part of the the performance aspect of it. So the first is obviously coming up with your presentation. Yes, and then and then then the performance aspect of it, and I. I have a degree in theater, so uh, which I've never used, <laughs> except in you know, college uh, where I got the degree. Um, but now I get to use it because there's so much parallel between acting and presenting. I mean, it, it is because everybody uses a script that's in the play and it or in on the movie, but they don't seem like they're using a script. They're in the moment, and that's what I work with my clients on is how do you get in that moment so that it becomes a really compelling performance and your audience is just drawn into it. Yeah. And do you get your clients to to actually script it word perfect or is it bullet points? Yeah, Yeah, we definitely word scripted completely out. It's not read as a script. So I have some techniques I take people through to really um, solidify that scripting and, and the important words in their in their their talk um and just you know that story that i just told you was different than 
you know, a half an hour ago when we were, you know, pre-show, but, but the, the words were different, but the overall feeling was the same. Yeah. Cause I've, I've, um, I've read quite a few memory books. Actually, I remember the first memory book I ever read, they said, don't rely on your memory. I'm like, hang on, that's what, no, what? Well, I didn't buy the book for this, but they said, you know, like the quick, quick analogy is if you're at a party, you've got kids, every time you see an item mm. just discarded, go put it with your car keys. Because if you're going to drive out, you've got to have your car and therefore mm. you don't have to remember where everything is. You just remember where your car keys is. I'm like, okay, that's great. That that makes my memory easy, right? But but they also talk about that house technique or something where you're putting an item in each room of your house, and that's how you can remember certain things. Like, a, a, are those type of techniques good to have to help you remember that at any moment? For for scripting, it's. Um... I'm trying to find that analogy between the two, but um, what I typically take people through is just speed reading it super fast and just over and over and over and over again. And at that point, you know, they've read through their scripts so many times and very quickly that there isn't time to just kind of mess up, you know? So part of that process is just solidifying the words in their brain. And then when they go and talk it, it just, it flows naturally. Now, some people might need a little prompt in terms of little bullet points of parts of the story to make sure that they bring out. And that's fine that you can put that on a little teleprompter or card or something like that. Right. And and do you use the story in other elements, you know, leading up to the webinar during the webinar after that start or at the end, you know, how does that story, you know, reappear? Yeah. yeah so um, not really leading up to the webinar because you, you know, the whole point of the story is to keep people on the webinar. And if you, you know, give away the candy, you're not going to sell the store. So um, start off with the really good story at the beginning. And then again, in the middle, you want to start to re-reference that story back uh, especially for people that may not have joined the webinar straight at the top of the hour or when it started, so that you're re-talking about that story again so that it catches the rest of the audience up. And again, that just kind of solidifies some of the learning that you want your audience to have and that connection uh, between you and them. Yeah, and, and how long? Like how long should a good story be in a webinar? It, you know, it, it varies. Um, it, it could be the, I mean, if, if you take the time, you could actually craft your entire story through the entire webinar, an hour long webinar, half an hour long webinar, and you're intermixing in there the learning points with the, with the story. Um, or, you know, if it's just an intro story and you want to grab people's attention, you know, two to five minutes would be fine. Um, I help you know, people that are doing webinars, a lot of times we'll come up with that two to three minute version. We'll come up with a 15 minute version and we'll come up with a, a longer version to in really that. And that's the full presentation along with the sales pitch at the end. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, someone once worked with me to say, you know, okay, you're, you're going on uh, TEDx tomorrow. What's your presentation? What are you going to, to say then? So, you know, if you are looking at something like that, which is longer, 60 minutes, have you got any tips on how you do that different to a five-minute story? 
No, it's it's actually the same same process, which which makes it really nice. Yeah. Um, you don't have to change the process; you just change the words and the duration. I think you know, it gives you a lot more freedom than to take the dramatic pauses to emphasize a point, a learning point, and integrate into the teachings that you want to have people uh, take away from the talk. Great, and you, you briefly spoke about the hero story. Mm -hmm. that, most movies, I suppose, out of uh, that we watch are about that. Just yeah, if you can just give us a quick take on what you see as the hero story and the yeah. uh, format. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a circle of life, um, and, and there's a lot of different points, and it can get a little confusing. I break it down into there's there's an impact moment, a do or die. There's something that happened that you have to make a decision and do something about. Yeah. And then you have people or things or something that helps you along. And that's the, your mentor. Yeah. Uh, and that mentor could be an internal, it could be external, it could be a person, it could be a book, you know, it's just something that helped you. And then you have the saboteurs as well. So somebody that's trying to keep you from getting to where you want to go. Yeah. And, uh, and again, that could be yourself, it, it could be internal, it could be external. And it, it could be somebody, it could be something. Yes. Uh, so figuring out those. And then there's a point where um, you either get what you're wanting or you've changed what you want to get. Yes. And then the realization of the learning that you had from going through that experience and how life is different now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and, and I suppose there's, I don't know if you can think of any movies where it doesn't turn out all good, you know, I suppose all, all right. You know, normally the, normally the hero always wins at the end. But uh, oh, Of course. <laughs> not, not a Hollywood movie for sure. No. I mean, <laughs> I think some, some European uh, movies for sure. Um, I've seen, I, I don't remember the names of them, but that it's like, Huh, that's an interesting ending. <laughs> you know, the hero dies. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, well, look, I could talk to you all day on this. We're going to get to the other sections in a moment. But uh, just on webinars themselves, you know, you, you're helping your clients with them all the time. Are they becoming more popular, less popular? You know, is live better, evergreen? Just give us some quick views based on your experience around webinars at the moment. Yeah, I mean, obviously webinars, if, if people can't, um, get together or, you know, social distancing and, and all, all this going on right now, uh, webinars are the best and easiest thing to do right now. I, it's definitely easy. You can get an audience. It's hard to get people on the webinar, even if, if they've said, yes, I want to um, be there. And it's actually another one of my businesses is a call service to, you know, get people to actually show up for the webinar. So we do a phone call to make sure that people show up for their webinars. And is um, a phone call better than a text? Tell me if you Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Two yeah. times. So I uh, do a metric of voice confirmation. So actually talking to somebody versus leaving a voicemail message. Yes. And it's two to three times more likely to a voice confirm will show up to the webinar than if just a voicemail. Yep. Okay. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So getting people to show up and all that. And then, and then you have kind of the logistics of the webinar, which can be a little 
um, tough sometimes, you know, internet speeds and all that, but, you know, and the camera and, and all that. But the idea is, you know, it's easy. So anybody can do it. And then just grab the audience's attention. There's just little small little techniques. So I do like webinars. It's easier to do, easy setup. However, in person is by far the best. Yes. Because now you have interaction with your audience. You get instant feedback. What they're doing. It takes a lot more work on the back end to make a really good podcast or webinar. Um, I'm sure you know <laughs> that because it's it's only your voice and, and you don't get feedback. Like you <laughs> There's nothing on the other end. And I like to crack jokes every once in a while and and well, all the time. And I like I laugh at them, but I'm not getting anything from you know, a blank screen. And, it, and it's really weird. And when you're live in front of an audience, you're getting that instant feedback. You can feed off their energy. Yeah. So it's a different amount of work that you do when you're doing a webinar. It's a lot harder, actually, to have a really good performance on a webinar than it is a live performance. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think, you know, that interaction chats your favorite friend there is, uh, now there's nothing worse than you talking away thinking, Am I connecting here? Like, are people still listening to me? You know, all of those things that 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 we as humans go through. So, uh, look, yeah. up, and just reminding everyone that we're talking to Tom Jacobs, and it's Jack O B S is the spelling. So, uh, yeah. I did yeah, get some letters uh, in there. I did get some approval from that from Tom, <laughs> and uh, you can find out more at, of, about Tom at Tom Jacobs dot com and he's got something special off here at the end so please stay for that but before we go into the live section i'd like to know or if more importantly if you would like to know if you've got a sales system that's going to help you get an additional million dollars in recurring revenue i've got something for you it's a pulse check there's nine questions you can answer in around three minutes and then at the end of that there's the opportunity to either if you've got everything sorted come on the podcast like Tom, or if you've got areas of opportunity, you'll know exactly what they are and we'll go through a plan together in a call. It won't be face-to-face, but it'll be close as it'll be uh, or close to that in video. So just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse to fill that out today. So Tom, the live section. So what are some daily habits that help you be successful? Daily habits, love it. Um, so I, I exercise every single day. Um, so that's definitely owning a, a gym. That that's surprising, Tom, to hear that from you. <laughs> An ex gym owner. <laughs> well, not not right now. We're we're in a little mini lockdown, so no gym. So I go run every day. Do some type of exercise, just and it's a really good kind of meditative. Because I'm not a I'm not a traditional meditative type of person. So um, I tried that. It doesn't work. Um, so running, um, just having that day set up and, and planning the day out, and then just executing. So yeah. Yeah, great. And the next section is the give section. So, mm. you know, what's a, a charity or a community that you're passionate about and why? Yeah, so the Houston Food Bank, um, and even though I'm not living in Houston right now, but any food bank for that matter, it's so important that people have the right food and nutrients to support their lives. And if they can't afford it, you know, these food banks are, are always there 
to to help support the community, and especially if disasters happen and, and yes. things like that, and economies and all that. So, um, if it's just an, and it's an easy way to donate. I mean, we we do a food drive, or when I had the gym, we did a food drive every year, and you know, I would just clean out my cupboards of you know canned goods that I was like, why did I even buy this? I'm like, I'm not going to eat it. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, the next section and the last section is the action fire section. So I'm going to ask you some questions and then get you to give me rapid responses. So the first one is what tech technology is essential to running your business? Um, so a pipeline, uh, sales pipeline uh, business or sales pipeline software to keep track of metrics. Uh, and sorry, is that pipe drive? Is that the? I do use pipe drive, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, great. Um a bit of a memory flash from November last year. Uh, what, what's the best sales tip you can share? <laughs> Ask for the sale. Ask for the sale. Brilliant. And uh, what's the best source of new ideas for you? Uh, for, for me, it's uh, listening to podcasts and, and reading or listening to books. Great. And what, what speed for podcasts? Uh, usually one and a half. One and a half, great. Yep. And uh, <laughs> the last question is the big question. Is that we leave it to the end for that reason? But what impact do you want to leave on the world? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, for me, it's helping individuals make a transformation in their lives, and that transformation can come in many different ways. So, when I was in the, in the fitness industry, obviously it was a physical transformation, health transformation. Now that I'm helping entrepreneurs, it's transformation in their business so that they can live the life that they love. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, uh, as I said, uh, Tom, uh, well, firstly, to you, Tom, thanks for sharing all your wisdom today on personal stories. I've certainly taken a whole page of notes down. Some of you might have seen me writing as, as on the that are watching it on video. But, uh, yeah, it was wonderful to hear your personal story but also how you construct them and where to use them. And I think uh, webinars are really important. So you can find more about Tom at tomjacobs.com, as I said. And also if you go to Tom tomjacobs.com forward slash storybook, he'll give you that structure and the framework on how you can go and create your stories. Uh, as always, there's nothing better than working with someone like Tom, but that's a great resource to get you started. So Tom, uh, fantastic to have you on the show today. And uh you know, I look forward to to sharing my personal story with you and getting your feedback soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Great to be here, Paul. Thanks. Thank you. I really loved that. And I must admit, I was a little self-indulgent because there's lots of tips that I can take to improve my personal story. And I love the way that Tom put it together. Also, make sure you go and grab tomjacobs.com forward slash story. I'll just make sure I've got it right. Storybook. That's it. And that's a great framework that Tom's given for us. So if you'd like to know if you've got that sales main, machine to make an additional million in annual recurring revenue, please just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse. And there is all, well, all the show notes are going to be there for you. Um, and I should have said that at the start of the podcast. We also transcribe this as well. So you'll have all those and the links that Tom mentioned will be in the show notes as well. Please take action to build, live and give. Thanks for listening to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you like what you heard, 
please share it and leave us a review. It would mean the world to us.